Thank you, Lord. Thanks for joining with us today. Hallelujah. <clears throat> so, your palate is all ready to receive something here this morning. Amen? <laughs> I've got something that, I'll tell you what, I just want you to agree with me even today. I, God gives me something and then I say, God, help me to get this out in a way that's going to be helpful for people. Because it doesn't do any good just to, you know, not be helped. I want to encourage you. Uh, we're going to get some information today. But it's what you do with information that makes it valuable to you. It's, it's not just knowledge. Because you can, you can go and, and if you don't know what, if you're not living in, in what you've uh, been exposed to, it was just something that falls away and you forget it. You know, um, I was talking with Levi. Levi grew up bilingual, and he said, um, he, you know, he, he, he's fluent in Spanish, but he said, you know what, I don't, uh, I can't speak it as fast as I used to. I've lost that a little bit because you don't do it all the time. Our relationship with God is like that. You know, we have to, we have to be in fellowship with him in his word, and then we have to be responding to it for it to be alive in us. Amen. And this isn't condemnation. This is opportunity. This is what we get to do. Amen. I want to talk about cause and effect today. I, this is critical. I think, um, you know, there's a lot of things going on in our world right now where there's an effect that somebody, somebody's, somebody's in pain. Somebody's experiencing things. You know, we, we have a, a pandemic going on right now and, and there's, there's uh, a, lot of, a lot of things floating in the area about what is the cause? And how can we resolve it? And, and, and there's a lot of solutions that have been, you know, presented. There's a lot of things going on. There's a lot of other issues going on. And there's always a, there's always a, a, um, a preponderance of, of perspectives on what the cause of the problem is. And we as Christians are, compl are continually being bombarded of with, with, with life. Jesus said in the world you'll have tribulation. You'll have issues. But it's so important for us to understand the cause. For us to not take another uh, explanation. To uh, justify a perspective on, our, on what we're experiencing in life. And you know uh, Pastor Kim was, was speaking to this you know, this morning. That there's a necessity of pressing beyond some resistance. And you have to know what the true cause is. So I want to talk about uh, cause and effect here today. And, and I, I just want to. Um, let's see here. I'm, I'm trying a new little thing here. I'm going to read some notes that are that you guys don't get to see. Okay. So this is a new little technical thing for me to, to, to attempt. So we were talking a couple weeks ago. And. and um, we're so blessed by every person that's here today. And it's interesting how, how gifted so many people are in their own realm, you know. And, and, it's, and it's important that, that you value the gifts that God has given you. So many times it's easy to look at somebody else and think, well, I'm not that. So, And you know what? I, this is a battle for me. It's, it's like, okay, I'm not that. I guess I'm... I, I, the enemy will make you bring it all the way down to your nothing. You know, it's like, you're, you're no good at all. But anyway, with regard to that, we are blessed by some amazing people in this, in this church body. You know, and the more you get to know people, the more you'll find this out. Just really how gifted some, our people are. And, and that's how God looks at us. He says, wow, what a gift. What a, what a, a work of art. Anyway, I was talking with Michael the other day. Michael, Michael is... Um, he was kind of sharing in our men's group how, you know, he hasn't, he hasn't been uh, brought up in, in the higher realms of the auto industry, I guess. But, but he's been faithful to his gift, and, and, he's, and it's been nurtured. And he was sharing this. Um, I was asking him the other day. I said, so have you ever diagnosed something wrong before? And I probably ought to let him tell a testimony, but he might, might take all my time. So... <laughs> <laughs> So, and it would be wonderful, but, but we have some other things to look at, too. So he's telling me, he said, yeah, I did that once. He said, <laughs> so this guy came in, and, and we, we plugged his car into the computer, and it started doing all these, 
error messages. You know, these computers are really amazing today. You know, they, they'll tell you what's wrong so you can diagnose your vehicle. He said it started, it started, forgive me if I don't tell it exactly right, but he <laughs> said it started, started coming up with all these uh, error messages that to me meant it needs to be tuned up. It needs all these parts replaced. Is that right? Needs all these parts replaced. He said, and, and so what I did is we replaced all these really expensive parts. And not only did it not fix the problem, it made it worse. Because now all these parts are performing like new. And they're making the true problem even worse. Isn't that amazing? You know, so many times I think we get focused on the symptoms. And we're missing out on the true cause. We have somebody that's in the wholeness industry that, that's shaking her head. And she, that's probably what you work on a lot, isn't it? It's like, you know, just what's obvious is not, is not the true issue. So he, he said he went back and he found, he said, it was, what was it, a, a blown valve? A blown valve. And he said it ended up taking him all day to fix that one thing. But it ended up costing that much more. That if he had fixed the one thing... You wouldn't have had to de de dealt with all the other things. And so it's very important for us to not get sidetracked by all the symptoms that we see in our life. Amen? <laughs> so I've got a couple more little stories, okay? Is this all right? All right. So um, I like this one. It says, there was an older man who laid on a hospital bed on the verge of death. As he floated on the verge of consciousness for two weeks, his faithful wife sat in a chair by his side every moment. When he finally became lucid enough to speak, he whispered, Honey, you have been with me through all the bad times. When I got fired, you were there to support me. When we lost the house... You never left my side. You were there when I lost the business and when my health started failing. Yes, dear, she answered, smiling. You know what, he asked. What, dear, she asked. Your bad luck. <laughs> Don't you like that? <laughs> Now, I like it that he was barely lucid, you know. He wasn't talking. <laughs> he kind of missed, he missed the diagnosis situation, didn't he? <laughs> All right, I've got one more here. Uh, let's see here. Is it going to work right? Nope. Let me see. Did it come on that one? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, are you seeing that? Oh, you are. You're not supposed to see that. <laughs> well, we figured that, that that's not right. Okay, let me see. That's okay. I'll let you see it. Is that all right? You know, I, I was thinking about this because it, it, I think it kind of goes over and over in history. Uh... A troublesome time makes way for a disillusionment of its cause. Does that make sense? So I was thinking about this with regard, you know, I took a lot of, I took Holocaust classes and stuff through, through college um, from some rabbis. They were really interesting classes. But just studying that, this, the Second World War and how things came to be, how, how that could even happen. And what happened was, was the First World War. That's really what happened. And what happened with the First World War is that Germany got defeated and then they got crushed. The allies that defeated Germany the first time, they put them into a, a great period of oppression. And it made it possible for Hitler to come along and say, I have the cause for that. And he created a blame system 
that everybody ended up accepting because they were all experiencing such a great crisis. <laughs> this is how the enemy works. Now, you know, I, I want to use this as an example because we're on the verge of it in America right now. What's being done is not true cause and effect. It's a diversionary thing. Something bigger has taken place. Now, that's not the main thing because we, we have to t deal with this on a personal level. We say, okay, this is about me right now because if we're going to affect our country in a way that's going to be good, we cannot be allowing the little foxes to come in. Amen? We're going to have to, 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 to see the true resolution of things ourselves. Amen? So, in all of our lives, there's going to be things that we experience. You know, we prayed for Michael today. You know, there's a temptation when you're going through that kind of a thing for you to say, is, is God really the healer? Or, is, are there certain things that he just won't do? This cause is a little bit bigger than the effect I'm feeling. And it's, it's different than what, what God has said about it. It's so important to consider what God has said. And this is the thing that troubles me. I'll go back to our nation right now. The biggest thing that troubles me about our nation right now is there's no consideration of what God has to say about anything. So somebody has a, a gender issue. And so is there even a consideration of what God has to say? So we come up with a cause. It's because. And it has no consideration of God. And what it does, it makes it even worse. It doesn't resolve anything. It just makes it worse. Because the part that's broken is not getting fixed. So our solution to the misplaced cause then. And here's what, what happens. Every time we have a problem with, with misdiagnosing the issue, what it will do is it will bring doubt and unbelief into our life in a way that will push us away from God. We're going to see some examples that will be helpful here, I believe. And we have to be careful in this ourselves because we can get pushed away from the answer because we're having a problem with, if this is so, then it must be because of this. And we have a natural tendency as humans to do this with great consistency. Even Christians will say, I believe God, but what about this? How often do we do that? How long is it going to be? Right? I guess there must be something else going on that God didn't provide for. We, give a, we bring another cause into the situation, right? So a lot of times what will happen is, is it, what will what, happen is it will happen right at the moment that, that we are making a commitment to God. We're stepping out in faith and all of a sudden something comes against us and we say, oh, maybe I shouldn't do that. And you know, the, the fight of faith is going to take persistence where you see the reward is something you're going to go through to get to it. Can I give you another example? Okay, there's a, there's a story about an experiment that was done with five monkeys. Okay, this is the monkey story, okay. So they put five monkeys in a cage and, and there's uh, some bananas up in the top corner of the, of the cage and there's actually a ladder going up to those bananas. How many know that monkeys like bananas? Yeah. That's what they live off of is bananas. So what they did is, so there, all the monkeys in there, one of them finally spies the bananas. And he starts to go up the ladder. And they squirt him with water. And when they squirt him with water, they squirt all the rest of the monkeys too with water. And he gets off the ladder. And they're, they're, it's, they're cold and you know they're, they're shocked and they're afraid and everything. And... Um, so a little, little bit of time goes by, and they kind of dry off, and another one gives it a go. And the same thing happens. They keep doing it to them. And they get to where, oh, I, when we go up the ladder, it doesn't matter the reward. We're afraid of the cause. We're afraid of the effect of going. 
So we're not going to press towards it. In fact, so this is what, what happens in this experiment. <laughs> so another one gets up the, the gumption to go up there. And all the rest of the monkeys grab him and start beat, beating on him. They don't want to get that effect themselves. So they start doing this. They start taking one monkey out at a time. They put a fresh one in there that hasn't been exposed to the water. And now he sees the bananas. He starts to go up. They grab him, start beating him up. They keep doing this until none of the monkeys that actually got sprayed are in, are in the cage. There's just five that haven't, but they've been exposed to what the other ones thought about it. But the other been, ones have been conditioned to. And none of them will go up to the ladder to get the reward because they've been conditioned to misdiagnose the cause or to not persist beyond that thing. And this is what happens with us. We have an opportunity in Christ that we're going to have to press beyond some reports, some things coming against us. We've made a decision to believe God, to, to give, to, to be faithful in an area. And the enemy comes against and sprays water on us. And what happens is we get to where we don't want to we don't want to go to the answer. It's life, but we're not gonna go there. And then if somebody else wants to go there, we're gonna make sure they don't either. We're gonna spray doubt and unbelief on them. <laughs> you see what I'm talking about? There's a necessity of knowing and, and, and not drawing back from the answer that is ours in God. It's always gonna be in Him, it's always gonna be in His Word. And there's an opportunity for us. How do we get beyond the misdiagnosis? We go to the source of life, the source of truth in him. But this is a necessity. I'm telling you what, in this time right now, we have so much information coming at us from all kinds of different directions, and you cannot trust in any of it. There might be some truth there. There might be some things you know, that you can add to your life a little bit that might be somewhat helpful but man, don't put your trust in it, right? All right. So this goes to a lot of different directions. Uh, we can maybe do a series on this. I don't know. But um, Romans 3, 3 through 4 says, what if some were unfaithful? So, so many times, you know, um, there, there's people in our life that are speaking different things into our life. And, and it fails us. How many have been failed by somebody in your life that, that you were looking up to, that you were trusting in? And, and so many times we do this. We put our trust in a man, in a person, in a movement, right? So, will, will their unfaithfulness nullify God's unfaithfulness? So this is always what happens. It is what happens to us is we, when we see a misdiagnosis our hearts can move towards questioning the source. Questioning the true answer. And this is what he's talking about. He says, will their unfaithfulness nullify God's faithfulness? Not at all. And this is where we have to get to. Is let God be true and every human being a liar. Now, what are you going to respond to as truth? What you're hearing the most of. What your soul is feeding off of. Right? Now in this, in this, in this atmosphere that we're in right now, it, we want to know what's going on. And so we go research on the internet for stuff. It's, it, it can be anybody sitting down with their typewriter typing something. It can be anything. Right? But if... If our soul is going to be secured upon the rock of our salvation, there's going, to be, there's going to need to be a hunger and a desire for the righteousness that only comes from him that causes us to push away from the social, push away from the news, and say, I got to find the truth. Because if every man is going to be a liar and God's going to be the truth, let God be true and every man a liar, what does that statement mean? I'm going to have to get, I'm going to have to turn to God more than I'm turning to man. Amen? As it is written, so that you may be proved right when you speak and prevail when you judge. You're not going to be able to judge anything correctly unless you're running to the source. 
in desperation. Now, we have to recognize that we're going to be presented with reasons to question, to misdiagnose continually. (laughs) Something's blowing smoke. Well, it's got to be this. I'm glad for people like Michael. He's come into my life to be my automotive salvation. I remember I've had other people like that in my life. I like to do DIY stuff. You know, I like to try things myself, but man, I don't talk to my wife too much, okay? Because she, I, I always see her kind of get a little bit of a look in her eye when, she, when I say I'm going to do something myself. She says, because <laughs> you need the one that knows how it works, knows what you don't see. And it's amazing, you know, Michael, he said, I can just listen to it and tell you what's wrong with it. You know? When we, when we go, but you have to go. I mean, you know, I got his phone number now, so, you know. <laughs> Exodus 5, 22 through 23. So this is kind of where I, this, this rose up in me when I was reading this. It's like, wow, this is amazing. So Moses was called out of the wilderness to go set the the children of Israel free from Egypt, right? They're slaves in Egypt. They're crying out to God. Did you know when we cry out, do you ever cry out to God? I encourage you, if there's things that are troubling you, that are weighting you down, cry out to God. Cry out in the spirit. Cry out. Just let it, let it, let it go. Don't, don't hold it in. Just let it go before him. And then be sure and enter into a place of peace. Don't, don't hold on to the, that that thing, that weight, let it go, cast it on him, but cry out to him, it's effective, it was effective for the children of Israel, they were crying out for freedom, and God brought Moses, but remember what happened, Moses comes and God says, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to tell Pharaoh to let my people go, and um, so that's what he does, He, he goes and he tells Pharaoh, uh, let my people go. We're going to go into the wilderness and worship for three days. And Pharaoh says, they obviously aren't working hard enough if they think they need to go worship. So we're going to make them work harder, and they have to go uh, gather all the straw for making bricks themselves. We were providing it before, but now they obviously need, they don't have too much time on their hands. And so what happens, this looks like the plan is not working. Right? So Moses kind of tucks his tail and goes back to the, to, to the people. And they're saying, you said we were going to be set free. You know, this is a process, isn't it? Right? Pharaoh had to go through a lot of this. But this is the first part of it. Moses returned to the Lord. Moses is returning to the Lord. He said, what about this effect? What about this result? I obeyed you. I was going to tell Pharaoh what to do. And now, not only are we not leaving Egypt, it's worse. I want to encourage us, don't let what we're going through in life Determine our perspective on what God has said about our life. Amen? Let God be true and every man a liar. Don't you like that? Why, Lord, have you brought trouble on this people? See, he's taking, he's saying, God, you're the problem. What about a uh, misdiagnosis, right? Ever since I went to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has brought trouble on this people. And you have not rescued your people at all. What are we doing here? We're on the edge of missing out on the deliverance of the people from slavery. By misdiagnosing what what these circumstances are. We can't let circumstances be, be determining what our opinion of things is. Amen? Our diagnosis. All right. So we go down a little bit further, and, and the Lord said, and this is, this is a wonderful thing. This is the experience that we need to have. The wonderful thing that Moses did is where did he go? 
You know, we do not need to hide our feelings from God. That's what Adam and Eve were doing, right? They were trying to hide from God, you know? <laughs> what did Moses do that was very wonderful? He went to God. That's where we have to go. Amen? Because when we go to God, we're going to get a diversion of our focus onto what the real solution is. And we're going to be able to get resolution that we will never get as long as we're looking at the problem, trying to figure it out ourselves. Amen? I know this is kind of nuts and bolts for us today, but this is essential. Amen? Then the Lord said to Moses, now you will see what I will do to Pharaoh. What happened? He, God did not say, yeah, I know, that's really bad. I really feel bad for you. God was not moved by, by what they were going through or, 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 or the result himself. No, he diverted it to what he's saying. He said, no, this is what I say. Don't you like this? If we get in God's face, he's going to start saying, this is what I say about your situation. Amen? I'm going to give you the right answer to what you're going through right now. Now you will see what I will do to Pharaoh. Because of my mighty hand, he will let them go. Because of my mighty hand, he will drive them out of this country. God also said to Moses, I am the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as God Almighty. But by my name, the Lord will not make myself fully known to them. I also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, where they resided as foreigners. He's talking about the, the children of Israel, right? Moreover, I have heard the groaning of the Israelites, whom the Egyptians are enslaving, and I have, have remembered my covenant. Therefore, whoops. Therefore, say to the Israelites, God will give us what we need to begin saying. Instead of saying the misdiagnosis, instead of saying the problem, instead of saying how much I'm getting beat up by this, and obviously it's because I missed God. Obviously because God, it's my fault. Somebody else's fault. No, it's the enemy. And God has said that there's victory I'm going to see a victory. Amen? Therefore say to the Israelites, I am the Lord and I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. I will free you from being slaves to them. And I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. I will take you as my own people. What's really nice about this that God is doing is he's laying out a path. He's saying there's going to be a process. You're going to see my faithfulness. I'm going to do mighty works. It gives them something to begin to see by faith. Amen? I will take you as my own people and I will be your God. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God who brought you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. And I will bring you to the land I swore with uplifted hand to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. I will give it to you as a possession. I am the Lord. This was a promise that actually happened more than 400 years before this. He, he promised this to Abraham, didn't he? God's word is unending. And, and every time we're challenged with a, a, an effect in our lives, something that we're experiencing, it's like, what? This is not the victory I was looking forward to. <laughs> we go back to God's word because in God's word is a victory that is timeless. We latch ourselves onto what God has said. It will not return void. Amen? His ways are higher than I, our ways. <laughs> this is something I had to learn when I was playing the guitar. I still play the guitar. And I probably still need to learn some more <laughs> in this way. <laughs> but I studied guitar in high school from a guy that actually wasn't, he, he wasn't really a, a, a guitar. I, I, in fact, I never heard him play he just took some classes in college and so he kind of showed me what he knew as far as technique goes and man I started developing some really bad habits and stuff you know and so we have a we have this master come in my the end of my freshman year and I'm 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 thinking I it's a, everything's okay with my playing you know and, and when they have a thing called a master class this guy's from New York and I mean he's a, he's an amazing guitarist and and um I get up there and I play my little piece for him and he just starts letting me have it. 
everything. I'm sitting wrong. I'm, my hand positions are wrong, everything else. <laughs> and you know what I had to do? I had to say, his ways are higher than my ways. If I'm going to be helped by him. You know, all the time, there's, there's so many musicians that already think that they can do, they're, they're good enough. And they can't improve. Because they, they don't really think that that other way is higher than theirs. God's ways are higher than our ways. You know what I mean? I mean, this is, this is true. So there almost has to be just a dismantling of any confidence in our flesh. In fact, we're not supposed to have any confidence in our flesh. That's why I'm saying we can't look on the internet to find our information that we're going to build our life upon. We can get some tidbits. But what am I going to build my life upon? I better be going to a way that's higher than mine. Amen? That's higher than any man around me. God's ways. Amen? Isaiah 55. I just love this passage. I just wanted to seek this, <laughs> to read this. It says, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. What are we supposed to do? We're supposed to run to him for our source of information. And you might say, well, how does it relate to what I'm going through? I'll tell you what, what he will do first of all is he will establish you in righteousness. This is something you do not get from the world. You do not get it from your own head. You get it from his presence. Amen? Call on, uh, call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. So what are our ways? Our determination of, of, a, of an effects cause. Many people in the world have a problem with substance abuse today. What is the purpose? What is the reason for that? Most of the time, they're self-medicating for their misdiagnosis of a cause in their life. An effect that they've had happen in their life. And so they're going to take care of their soul in the middle of that, right? Let the wicked forsake their ways, their considerations, their determinations, their diagnosis, and the unrighteous, their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord, and he will have mercy on them. What do we have to do? We have to run to him and to our God, for he will freely pardon. This is what we need most of all is forgiveness. We've talked about that in recent uh, weeks. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. As the rain and the, so and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. Listen to this. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire. And I achieve the purpose for which I sent it. Now, no, let me finish this. So you, so you will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. What's, what is this coming after? This is coming after we seek the Lord while he's able to be found, right? And we're, and we're forsaking our ways to take on his ways. Then we can go out in joy and be led forth in peace. And the mountains and hills will burst into song before you. And all the trees of the field will clap their hands. The world will look different to you, right? <laughs> it will respond to you. Instead of the thorn bush will grow the juniper. Instead of briars, the myrtle will grow. What's that? That means things will change in your life as you're looking to the him as the source of your life. And you're, for, you're abandoning your own considerations of what, what you're even able to do. Is this good? Here's what happens in our life when we misdiagnose even the opportunities that we have to make choices in our life. If we say something is okay based upon what we think, it's okay to have this kind of relationship. It's okay to partake of this. It's okay to say these kinds of words. It's okay to do all these kinds of things. What is that? That's my, that's my 
diagnosis. That's my determination. That's what I'm saying. Now, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not imposing any of these things that we're not supposed to do necessarily. But what does God have to say about it? Because if we're going to experience God's diagnosis over the big things in our life, we have to begin to start letting him make the choices for us in the little things in our life. Amen? And then the little things will begin to fall into place. The thorn bush, right? The things that need to be the way they are, should be we'll be able to include God in them. And every time we include God in an issue in our life, there's a possibility for the engine to run correctly without all the symptoms that we think we need to attack on our own. Are you with me? This will be for the Lord's renown, for an everlasting sign that will endure forever. This is God. God wants to work in our lives. Amen? He wants to be real, but he's going to have to be considered when we're having issues in our life. We're going to have to run to him. For man's diagnosis, from man's diagnosis, God's purpose fulfilled. What in the world does that mean? Here's the amazing thing about it. This understanding that we're getting today is not meant to be condemnation for what we've already done. Because God will... Take whatever we've experienced, all the wrong choices we have made, and he can turn them for his, his glory. Amen? This is the wonderful thing about it. We sang about his goodness today, didn't we? Oh, I love singing about his goodness. Your goodness is running after, running after me. Boom. You know, let, let him run into you every once in a while. <laughs> what's he, what's he going to run into you with? He's going to run into you with, I understand everything that you've already messed up in your own life. And if you'll let me, if you'll come to me, if, if I will go to Michael with my, I did this, you know, we prayed for Michael a Penny this morning. And, and we had this old car um, in our driveway for a long time. It was a PT Cruiser. You know, they, those things, this thing was really cool. I remember when we first got it, I thought we were really cool. Um, it was kind of retro, you know, and my wife, she's all flashy in there. And, and But any, it, it went through all of our kids' hands and everything else, and it ended up not running in the driveway, you know. And I, I pretty much gave up on it, I thought. So I called Michael. I said, where can I get rid of this thing? He said, well, bring it out to me. And um, I took it out to Michael, and he fixed all the stuff that was wrong. The, the windows weren't working. The air was not working. It wasn't running. <laughs> you know. <laughs> not only did he make it work, but he sold it and gave me the money for what he sold it for. You know, sometimes we're all broken down. We don't think there's anything worse. We're, we're just ready to give up, you know. <laughs> God says, just bring it to me. Just bring it to me. I'll make something good out of this. And it'll be wonderful for you. Amen. Oh, this is good. Isn't this good? Aren't you glad you came this morning? Yeah. You even combed your hair and ironed your pants, right? Genesis 50, 20. You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. Remember what this is. Who's saying this? Anybody know who's saying this? This is Joseph saying this. Remember what happened? Joseph had all these dreams, you know, and... and <laughs> And all his brothers misdiagnosed the dreams, you know. <laughs> and, and they they put him in the pit, you know. And the slave guy comes along, pulls him out of the pit, and takes him uh, takes him to Egypt, you know. And he gets put in prison for a long time. And and you know what? Every single time, Joseph is given the opportunity to give up on what God has told him, to misdiagnose. And say, I guess I missed it. I guess that God doesn't like me. I guess God's not going to be faithful. But he never did, did he? Somehow, he kept saying, no, that was real what God gave me. And he stayed, all through prison, he, he, he finally gets a glimmer of hope. <laughs> and his boss's wife starts coming on to him and then accuses him of being the molester. You know, 
wouldn't you wonder, it's like, let me see, what was the cause? I guess God doesn't like me. I guess, some, I, guess I did something wrong. I, guess, I just give up. That was his option, wasn't it? But no. He said, and this is a testimony of Joseph's life. He said, every time the enemy meant something evil, God was going to use that to not just elevate me, but to save somebody else. Amen? What a wonderful perspective of our lives if we allow it to be. Amen? We say, oh, I'm not Joseph. I didn't have any dreams. I didn't have a colorful coat. My dad didn't like me. You know? It's like, give up on that stuff, you know? Quit letting that be a misdiagnosis. Jesus, God loved you so much that he sent Jesus. He honored you with Jesus. <laughs> Amen? And if you take whatever is broken down and you take it to him, you say, I, just, I, I know exactly what needs to be fixed. Let's take care of that. Amen? You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives, even the condition that we would see us surrounded with right now. If the, if the body of Christ will take their place at the throne of grace, there's an opportunity for us right now that won't be obvious to the human mind. We will not be able to figure it out. We will not be able to sit around a table and just say, this is what I think, this is what I think. I want to find out what God has to say about it. We might have to get before the throne of grace. Let go of our own thoughts. Let go of our own frustrations. Amen? I found out what God has to say about it. John 9, 1. As he went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus. But this happened to him. So that the works of God might be displayed in him. The natural tendency of man always to say, what did they do wrong? What did I do wrong to misdiagnose? Those people need to be murdered. They need to be done away with because of what they've done. Their color. Their or ancestry. No. Jesus came so that nobody perishes. Amen? And in every, everything that would look like it's a failure, there's an opportunity for the victory of God and for God to be glorified as a result of it. And we're supposed to participate in that, aren't we? You can't participate in the victory and the demonstration of, of an overcoming of a failure in somebody else's life if you're misdiagnosing in your own. This is what I want to challenge us in, is let's get to where we get God's perspective of anything that's going on in our life. Let's quit trying to figure out somebody else's. Amen? Let's say, God, show me. You know, all these people, you know, and I've, I've referred to some people that are having issues in our country today. You know what? All of them need the love and the mercy. That's what their answer is. That's what the misdiagnosis is. It's not that they're okay the way they are. We just need to confirm them in their own disillusionment. No, we need to love them the way they are and present to them the, the solution. Amen? Praise God. In running to God, we need to become fixed on his promises, okay? So 1 Peter 5.10 says, And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and, and steadfast. So this brings to, me, brings to mind for me the, the, the monkey story, you know? <laughs> There's going to be a pressing beyond something that might be resistance. We might experience something that's, that's devastating in the natural. But our diagnosis does not ever stay in the realm of the human mind. We go and say, God has a purpose beyond what I'm experiencing right now. And I have this promise right now. Will himself restore me and make me strong, firm, and steadfast? What are we doing when we're running to God? We're getting this kind of confirmation in our hearts. Amen? We're getting... 
what God says about me right now. Okay, I'm going through something, but I'm going beyond that. I'm not going to just stay back and hold other people back with me. No, I'm going to press on. Amen? I'm going to go to the promise. Philippians 2.13, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. God has a purpose for our life. When we run to him, this is what he's going to tell us. Amen? So I want to challenge you. I have, I have some things here. These notes are in, in the church app. Um, so if you want to get what I have here at the end, um, I challenge you to put this to practice in your life. I thought, you know what? We need to be able to do something to where we're taking something with us to be able to apply this in our life. And so I'm just going to go through this real quick. I challenge you to do this throughout this week. Let's let this come alive in our lives. Amen? So here's an overview of what we just talked about. In order to get resolution and freedom, we must correctly determine the cause. We must run to the answer in spite of how things appear. God's ways are higher than ours. And when we go there, we're going to discover what his will uh, from his word regarding the circumstances at hand. And then we got to let what God says displace man's diagnosis. Amen? We're going to have to let this. I challenge you. Each one of us have things going on in our life, don't we? We have things that we're saying, what about this? What about this? We have some water spraying on us at, at the weight of the bananas, you know. Um, so... And here's a prayer you can pray. I am coming to you now to resolve the true cause of these circumstances in my life. We need to come to God. This is me, God. I'm coming to you now for the answer. Your ways are so much higher than mine. I yield now to receive and respond to the wisdom that comes from you. My heart is open to what you have spoken. And I desire the revelation that is coming by your spirit. God, when you go to him like this, he's going to answer your prayer. The Spirit will begin to give you revelation that goes to your heart, not just your mind. It will be something you can act on. Amen? Let your will be done in and through me. I'm going to cast aside my ways, and I'm going to let your ways become mine. Talk to God directly like this. Amen? You can pray that prayer, or you can come up with your own that's on those lines. But let's talk to God about this. What we've received from him today is not to just be cast aside. No, we're supposed to embrace this. Amen? So let's take some action too. Go ahead and list those things. I think sometimes we, we tend to try to just deny stuff. Mountains are mountains. You got to talk to the mountain. You know? And what would seem to be their cause. Go ahead and get it, house it out saying... Uh, I'm experiencing this because of somebody else. I'm experiencing this because of, the, of, of my failure. I'm experiencing this because what? Go ahead and get it out there, right? And what you think is the cause of that thing. But then discover God's perspective on the cause and his related promises because everything we're going through, God has a promise. He's, he has something that he's, had, he's already said. And he said his word will not return void as long as we receive it. We come, become ground that is allowing it to, to be fruitful in our lives. Amen? From an atmosphere of honoring, declare his thoughts to be open to revelation specific to the issue at hand. So what you're doing is you're going to his word. You're finding things related to it. But then you go to his presence. This is why we need the Holy Ghost. Because he will begin. If you'll spend some time in the presence of God, how much time do we spend talking to other people about stuff? If we'll spend some time praying in the Holy Ghost, building up ourselves on our most holy faith. What is our most holy faith? That what God said is bigger than what I think. Amen? What are you going to have to do to get to that place where it's God speaking to you specifically about what's in your life? Are you going to have to look for somebody to speak into your life? There might be that opportunity, but you know what? God doesn't. God's ready for you today if you'll just avail yourself to Him. If you'll make the same effort that you would go to, to somewhere else, to a meeting somewhere, to just be in the presence of God and say, God, you speak to me. I want to hear your voice. I need to hear your voice right now. And then you open up that 
river of life from the inside. You begin to allow it to flow. You know, God's voice will speak to you through yours. Through the gift that he's given you by the Spirit. Amen? But you're going to have to do these things on purpose. Aren't you glad that we can make changes in our life? No changes come until we start specifically making steps towards that. Amen? If we just keep going the way we're going, it's the way we're going to go. We are on a path already. We're already doing something. Why not just add what God has given us to do? Amen? And then, remember what God said to Moses? He said, say, say this. So you can declare this by faith. I do not lean on my own understanding. I have no confidence in the flesh or the limited perspectives of man. I choose to rely completely on the word of God and the leading of the Holy Spirit on determining the cause and solution for life issues that concern me. I will walk in freedom from those symptoms as in all my ways I yield to the understanding that only comes from you. I guarantee if you'll take this statement, not it's not a religious incantation. If you'll take it after spending time in prayer, and you'll begin to say that by faith. What this does, it displaces, it displaces those old ways of thinking. It displaces the yielding to fear, to anxiety. It displaces them. And when this comes out of your mouth, it becomes a proclamation of faith. You know, Jesus said, if you'll say to the mountain, be removed, what you say when you're saying, the word of God is encompassed in this, in this statement. And when you put the word of God in your mouth like that, what you're doing is, especially when it's coming against, when you say, I do not lean on my own understanding, what have you been doing? You've been leaning on your own understanding. But when you say, I do not do that, what are you doing? You're saying, mountain, you get out of here. The biggest mountains in our life are not physical mountains. They're the mountains in our minds. Amen? And we can go to God, but when we go to God, what are we going to do? Just sit there? No, we have something to do, don't we? We can declare. We can pray. We can find out what He's had to say about something. We can let it be our meditation and displace what man has to say about things. Amen? 